Hello and welcome to today's episode on blockchain and financial inclusion. I'm Effie Pilarinu and I'm with my co-host Arun Krishna Kumar from Rhetoric in London. And with us today is Sergey Sergenko from Chronobank out of Australia. Welcome, Sergey. Yeah, hi guys. Uh, how, how is everyone doing? Uh, nice to be here. Great. So, uh, Sergey, tell us a little bit briefly about yourself, your journey, and uh, Chronobank. I, I have the honor to know Chronobank from the early days of Like, um, since you guys were probably one of the first uh, alternative yes. coins listed on, on Like. But of course, yes. since a lot has happened, so why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and Chronobank, uh, the basic concept? All right. So, yeah, about a couple of words about myself. I was uh, born in USSR. I uh, lived in Australia for 22 years. I came here when I was 14. I've done a commerce degree with actuarial incline. Let's call it that, right? Minor actuarial economics finance. Uh, and uh, had a number of successful businesses in Australia, including, including recruitment and uh, industrial training. and uh, few years back, me and my team went into um, blockchain space, trying to create a currency that's uh, backed by human labor hour, right? So taking a book from uh, taking a book from time banking and uh, as described by Marx and uh, trying to move it to the to the new world to try to revolutionize the way people get the wages essentially that's that's what we're trying to do. Okay, so I understand that uh, Chrono Bank is um, disrupting or um, reinventing the way the labor market uh, works that's right that's right essentially essentially we're, we're trying to disrupt the way that uh, people get remunerated for, for their work essentially so it starts from the recruitment phase all the way in sort of direct management, direct uh, yeah essentially essentially like for example in the countries like australia most of the job and most of the work by people is uh, is quoted uh, by by hour and uh, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it uh, trying to cross cross uh, cross out an intermediary in the form of even government to be able to pay people direct and is the mission Sergey, is the belief that um, this will um, increase uh, 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 the productivity in in labor ah, by all means, I, like I, I don't I don't doubt it for a second that it will. And in fact, uh, in effect, I'll give you an example, right? For example, if we if we have a, I don't know, call it a laborer, right, sitting here on twenty dollars an hour. The reason he's sitting there and working for twenty dollars an hour is because the government said that that's how much a laborer should get paid, and the unions together with them. For example, but uh, and uh, from my business experience and everything, I I, I know that a laborer can be a very efficient laborer, and it can be a very inefficient laborer. So in other words, there could be a laborer that deserves $5 an hour, and it could be a laborer that deserves $40 an hour because he can complete the job of three, you know, like in the same time that three laborers will do exactly the same job, right? And uh, obviously the idea is to make people work uh, smarter and more effective than others by by, by actually remunerating the hour. Uh, and I mean, that's, 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 part of the, that's part of the solution, I think. How do you plan to globalize your solution? Is it is it uh, uh, primary on as Australian uh, venture, or are you planning to get into the labor markets or recruitment recruitment space? It, the, the way I think uh, we'll tackle it, right, is one in Australia is a trial, 
right? But mostly in a third world, uh, third world markets, right? Mm-hmm. Where people don't get uh, minimum wages, where they don't get pensions and nothing like it. Because the system implies that you'd actually get pension accumulation for as part of your work and uh, essentially pay the taxes as well, right? Because it will all be transparent uh, between employee and employer, right? And that's that's part of the strategy to actually approach the third world markets and, uh, and uh, try to deal with them and run them, pilots and test cases there. So simplistically, Sergey, if I think of uh, you have a wallet, um, I use the wallet, I live in Brazil and, and I'm working and accumulating uh, the labor tokens, the stable coin, right? Well, essentially, like I'll, I'll give you a user case, right? For example, you're a plumber in Brazil, right? You mm-hmm. don't have any money from the time zero, okay? Mm-hmm. So strictly speaking, uh, because you don't want to rip anyone off, right? We'll assume we'll assume that you don't, right? We have we have a kind of we're working mm-hmm. on a theories where you where you do want to rip the system off because that's obviously the case. But so let's say you don't, right? You wake up, you want to go to work somewhere, and you know that you're a very good plumber, so you can actually jump on the system. Uh, jump on a platform, right, and uh, borrow against your future labor hour that you, that you're going to work, and because you'll find work there, right, offers of work there, and uh, have enough money to get breakfast, uh, get get a bus or whatever you catch to to work, right, and actually start work. And by work, you when you finish your eight-hour day, right, or six-hour day, or however many how many many hours you do, but you, when you finish it, you'll actually uh, see the balance of labor hours on your account. And uh, what you would do then is go to the ATM and uh, straight away withdraw it in a local currency. So then you can go straight to the ATM and withdraw the real. And uh, the way we do it is basically with the debit cards that uh, has been shown to us by another famous uh, Switzerland uh, startup, Zappo, right? Liquidity, you, if you have enough liquidity, strictly speaking, you can uh, purchase and repurchase and sell your tokens on the spot, right? And that's what we're trying to achieve where the person would actually go around the bank and straight, like, and spend the money that he earned literally that day. So on your ecosystem, on the Chronobank ecosystem, you also have an exchange. That's right. We're about to, we actually, in fact, we're about to launch it, I think, pretty soon. I think within a month, we, we're going to launch a decentralized exchange. And uh, we're actually distributing uh, exchanges to whoever wants it. Right for free uh, as white label and uh, to hopefully get the liquidity happening on it and then go from there because we definitely in exchange to be able to exchange create volumes for labor hour. Sergey, so, okay, a question for you on the um, uh, on the stable coin stuff. Uh, so how did you how how did you arrive at the at the decision that it's got to be a stable coin, why? What was the thinking behind it? Well, the thinking behind it because currently, for example, with any currency apart from very few, right? Uh, well, just to name a few, I mean, you got USDT, and most recently you got Dai from MakerDAO, right? That are, appear to be sta- stable, right? I mean, you can't expect anyone to get paid because I mean that's the biggest money flows in this economy, right? People's wages, right? You can't expect anyone to get paid. And then not being able to afford what they were hoping to afford for the eight hours or ten hours or forty hours a week, you know what I mean? So it has to be a stable token that is that is guaranteed by some. In the case of labor, uh, we we endeavor to make it a stable token that is guaranteed by uh, someone somewhere always willing to deliver the an hour work that uh, for for provisional liquidity because we provide liquidity, we'll be able to trade. How is it going to be stable since the labor value? is very different across country. Well, well, we'll take an average of that, right? So we'll take a weighted average of that. Uh, and we don't go like all, all together in everywhere, right? 
So the idea okay. is to go country country by country, right, and uh, go from there to actually uh, see. Because like like I mentioned before, if you got a if you got a person, say person A, being very effective, say call it five star uh, employee, and then you got person B who is a three star employee, then if they work equal number of hours, well, the average is probably going to be a four. So in other words. Uh, if we're talking about the five-star wages for the person, they're going to get 1.25 of the person who is below that. At three, is going to get 0.75 of the nominal labor hour for that country. Is your labor platform in the business of rating employees? Yes, and it, it, it'll have to be in the business of rating employees. So just for to make sure that the whoever is hiring them has some sort of uh, uh, value. In what they like, in in what they're getting, it'll inevitably it will have to rate it. You know, the rate the work of a person, and not like see with that becomes a very difficult uh, problem, right? Because uh, there are a lot of things that can go wrong in rating someone, right? So basically, like we we almost done with designing an algorithm that we think is fair, right? That takes into account a lot of factors, not just say not just uh, the last employer feedback or not just not just uh, the last payment that you got right so that you'd see something like uber for example right so where you see the i mean the rating is based on the last feedback that that you got from a last customer so and uh, like in other words if, like what we're trying to uh, stop here is somebody who being hostile towards you trying to affect your rating by giving you a zero star rating right and thereby affecting your overall score like no doubt that that feedback should be considered Right, but it, it it should be considered with a grain of salt, so to speak. And uh, when you uh, when you expand into uh, multiple countries, and if you onboard uh, different tiers of labor quality, um, how do you expect that to affect the value of the coin? So, for example, if you onboard lots of low income, uh, low skill labor. Your, the value of the coin is perhaps going to go down because uh, the value that they generate per hour is going to be lower. It's a marketplace, right? So we'll take the figure from the marketplace. You could be in a low-income uh, situation or country, right? If there are enough uh, participants in the system, then average will not be affected by the by the essentially the wage that you're going to get and this coin that you're going to get is going to be the average of everyone in the system. And if there are like it's not like it, it will be lower. For example, if you talk about say like let's compare say India to Australia. It'll be low in India than in Australia, but in India it will be it will be average for the price, so to speak. So if we're talking about LHIN, which stands for Labour Hour India, then it will only consider the Indian workforce. Right. So are we are we looking at a country-based value? Yeah, country-based value, at least at the in the short term, and medium term, right? Until until the system is uh, adopted everywhere. Uh, like to start with, it's going to have to be definitely just country-based value because otherwise, you're right, you can't equate your geography of the people straight across the board, right? But at the start, it'll be country-based value. In other words, labor hour India is different to labor hour Australia. They do have exchange rate, and most likely that exchange rate will arrive at the currency exchange rate, right? Because of obvious factors, macroeconomic factors. But uh, but meanwhile, it's 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 it's, it's region based. And are you planning to pro- provide additional financial services on your platform, such as pensions, etc., for your workforce? That's right. That's why we want to work with the government to basically right. like the the way you will get accumulate pensions, right? Is basically take it as it comes, right? So, so take it as it's earned, and that's the easiest way to kind of get get them get them accumulated, right? And uh, essentially, everyone will get. Uh, pension locked locked in uh, some sort of smart contract that, that they can't access until a certain age or until 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 some sort of event that happens
So basically, your client, ideal client, uh, user of the platform would be a, cover, a government or to do a proof of concept. That's correct. Stuff. Yes, yes, ideal, ideal, like, because we're talking about people's livelihood here. Yeah? It's obviously going to have to be a government, right? And, uh, like, we're willing to, like, you know, give government a, uh, the platform to actually go for it, you know what I mean? And uh, from business point of view, I mean, just charge for maintenance of the thing. And we were talking, Arun, about the concept of um, universal basic income. Uh, so how, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, is is Chronobank uh, completely opposed to, to the universal well, just, basic? just mathematically, it's like I can't argue that it's not, right? Mathematically, it turns out that it is. Having said that, uh, universal basic income is still, like, as far as I understand, pretty controversial in a sense, right? So mm-hmm. we don't know if it's going to work or if it's not going to work. Uh, and, <laughs> and I mean, until 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 it's kind of proven, like if we, we like we didn't design or we didn't envision Chronobank to 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 take that into account, essentially, like as like it just like that's a simple answer, you know. Like I could I could try to try to make it up into it at the moment but like but but you know the, the, at the end of the day we didn't we didn't take that because i know i know there are some studies uh in canada and us about uh, about universal basic income there are also what i think sweden had a referendum or switzerland which one you in switzerland right was it switzerland or sweden had a referendum for that and obviously like looking at what what referendum showed us that uh, it's not it's not yet quite there and people don't seem to still believe in it in any way these are all um, developed markets and chronobank can have a big impact in emerging markets that's uh, the idea it's it's mostly the, the like like i said the, the ideal case is where you got governments you can't trust, right? Where you got where you got people that uh, have never seen pensions, or even heard of them in real life, right? And that's basically what we're aiming for at at the start. You know, so we're talking like like you know countries like Myanmar, countries like Philippines, countries like Thailand, all of these countries, Vietnam, etc. Sergey, so, uh, tell us a bit more about the technology that you've used for the platform on the um, crypto side of things. So it's a, a currently it's a, uh, all Ethereum based, right? Uh, and for example, if we go into our exchange, we actually done a fork of Ethereum that's uh, already running in the form of Plasma, right? So proof of uh, take. And uh, but we do work cross cross platform with the waves with the EOS, I think, and with the, the reason we picked those is because they essentially they were partners right from the start. But at the core, it's a, it's Ethereum based uh, token on the on the platform. So smart contracts that you that you have that we currently have, and we're about to launch beta uh, for LaborX, which is a platform that Kernel Bank is developing. The technology is all Ethereum based. So, when do you think that uh, you will be doing your first uh, proof? I assume in Australia. We already have testers doing doing the beta testing. So we got uh, we got some testers from the community signed up, and uh, I think they just started yesterday uh, testing the platform, or about to start today. Or like it just so happened uh, <laughs> that we just guess talking today. Uh, in terms of uh, being able to actually use it in a, in a working scenario, right? At the moment, I'm in the final stages of negotiating with a global company, a global consulting company. I cannot name them, but mm-hmm. uh, once the negotiations are complete, put it this way, everyone, for example, in the construction industry in Australia 
will run sort of some sort of pilot because everyone is a client of these guys you know so that's like and then they're the ones that approach us because they see that the like the way essentially we're currently getting paid there's something something not right about it you know so and it's like it's been designed like at least at least 100 years ago and uh, something may need to change and i'm not saying that Chronobank is a silver bullet for for the way that people get remunerated i'm saying that this is the start of something that will hopefully morph into something that's very fair and uh, that is appropriate for the 21st century and i mean we're ready for that and that's part of the idea the basic idea that uh, we can move towards a more fair financial system and labor mm. markets is definitely as you correctly identified a very basic or building block that's like and, and like i said there's no doubt that in every country these things are going to work a little different right but uh, like i'm not going to be scared of uh, the statement that like you know uh, our team we got a team of about at least 50 people 50 developers working at most of them that we trained ourselves uh, our team is probably one of the best in business and we just uh, kind of got down and dirty and uh, developing the platform so and i'm sure the guys will be able to Uh, to face any challenge that may come upon them in the future. Where is the team based, Sergio? Uh, we're very distributed. So we've got uh, a few people in Moscow. We've got a few people in, uh, in the place called Chelyabinsk in Russia. We've got a few people in Nizhny Novgorod. We've got a couple of people in Germany. We've got a few people in the US. We've got a few people in Melbourne. We've got a few people in Sydney. We've got a few people in Thailand. That is actually made up of Russians, but that actually migrated to Thailand for work. So we've got like pretty much everywhere. So, so you've got a universal workforce then. That's right. And obviously, I mean, our our organization is a, is a, like you know one of the first use cases. No, definitely by all means, you know. So like we got like we try to pick the best out of the best, and that's why we kind of train train the guys ourselves. It's taken us a while, right? And it's taken us longer than we anticipated, but uh, you know we're sticking through and uh, we're getting things done. It always takes longer than you anticipate. So when are you planning to go live? Do you have any kind of timelines for your go live? Well, like I said, within within a month, within a month, we 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 we're getting exchange happening. It's a it's a, it's it's called Timex, right? Uh, within uh, I think within a month, we also got some custodial services happening, but that coming to play a little later in the whole in the whole system, right? Uh, I reckon within a couple of months, and like I said, we're already running better for LabourX, so it's already kind of running in test version with a with a with a few testers from the community doing it. Live better for everyone. We should have it done by the end of the year, you know. But like I, you know, I've said it before, and you know, I undershot the projection before, so I'm kind of really reluctant uh, to to name it. But you know, like something needs to happen by the end of the year to keep the community more or less happy. Because the community, to tell the truth, uh, because of the what we call crypto winter, is not very thrilled or happy at the moment. When did you do your token sale uh, at Cornobank? Two years ago. And end of 2016, beginning 2017, something like that. That's right. Yeah, we won one of the first ones. In fact, we kind of we uh, we were with the first one with that with such with such a reach. You know, we hit every channel that we could, etc. So yeah, that was that was end of end of 2016, beginning of 2017. So we were, we were lucky enough that the token, because tokens that we collect actually grown dramatically. So that's why we can afford the burn rate that we have. Thank you so much, Sergey. So can we now switch to some personal questions? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no of course. <laughs> so, so are you a surfer in Australia or not? What's your hobby? Uh, My hobby is actually shooting, right? But not shooting animals, right? It's actually like uh, just 
shooting in a in a shooting range or just cans on a, on on a thing. So, but no, I'm not surfer. Another reason is that my, the surfboard doesn't fit in my car, so that's a little unfortunate. So, uh, what what so, is your favorite uh, northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere? What do you like better? My friend, for the for the energy, it's northern hemisphere by like hands down, right? But for the peace and quiet, it's by it's by far the south, right? So for the family life and and good work life balance, southern hemisphere is great. Uh for for energy and for for that feeling, you know, like of 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 being alive and zest to life and having a zest to life. I mean, you're definitely going for northern hemisphere. You know, places like well, London, Moscow. Uh, I'm well, not places like Switzerland, and I'm sorry for that, but but yeah, places like. Places like London, <laughs> Moscow, like, and not even Berlin because they, they, there's nothing happening in the weekend. You see, but places like, like I said, like places like London, Moscow, and uh, and New York, they're the places that uh, that are very high energy and that happen to be in the northern hemisphere. Now, having said that, I haven't been to to South America to check that out, but I'm sure that'll be also fun. For sure. And and do you spend a lot of time away from Australia? Do you travel a lot? Uh, yeah, last couple of years I have been. Uh, these couple of months I, I've been concentrating on actually, like you know, uh, getting things done, and I haven't been out for for like two months. That has been the longest stretch in Australia for the last three years that I've been I've been in the country. So, uh, but I think the season is about to kind of start with all the all the conferences and everything. I think we actually I'm I'm actually speaking at the uh, in Basel in Switzerland at the end of November at the Great. conference there. So that's going to be that's going to be a fun one. And so we we will, we will meet in person, Sergey. I'm speaking there too. So so we definitely. Oh, there you go. We should definitely hmm. uh, meet. But um, yeah, gr- grab a coffee or something. That's right, definitely. How how about your favorite drink? Either hot or or uh, uh, hot see, drink. What do you like? No, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I like champagne. Truthfully, I like champagne, right? But. <laughs> But uh, you know, it's like it's hard. To, like I do have a problem with the, that. If I, if it's a good drop and I start, I can't really stop. So I, I really try to limit myself with the drinking alcohol. Uh, otherwise, I like tea. I like I like uh, oolong tea, oolong tea in Chinese one, the green one. Okay, so you're a tea person, not so much a coffee person. Well, it's either it's either it's either tea or alcohol, and I think tea is a little bit healthier. <laughs> okay, that's no, and I mean obviously. Obviously, I like obviously I like things like very good cognac or very good armagnac for that sake. Armagnac is probably better, right? Because I mean you can get a better drop because of the because of the armagnac is not such a famous brand. You can get a better so that that's pretty good, right? So you can like you can get like nineteen you know nineteen fifty six bottle of armagnac under five hundred dollars, and that's like okay. that's 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 very good to sip on in, in winter nights, especially in northern hemisphere. We get the snow. Are you a crypto trader, Sergi? Uh, like, on, like, I don't, like, I'm, I'm a bad trader. That's why I don't trade. I mean, our team, we have a couple of crypto bots that do arbitrage trading between, uh, between the exchanges and, uh, like, with, uh, uh, with options and everything. But, uh, recently it's becoming less and less profitable as technology is improving, right? So, where, like, in the first half of previous year, you know, we were doing some, like, you know, over, over 300% a year. Now we're lucky to pull in like you know thirty to forty a year, like to, like with the arbitrage strategies. The markets are so, getting more yeah, efficient. Then that's right. Well, definitely it was coming to that, right? Like the the markets no. are definitely getting more efficient. You know, so like and then trading. You see, like I'm not gonna open in America here, and I'm not gonna discover in America here if I tell you that a lot of crypto, what is happening currently, right? Is it's a lot of it based on inside, right? So that's very illegal in the traditional world, but it's very kind of abundant in the crypto world still. Uh, and the, the thing is, you either you either with with the guys who are on the inside or, you, or you're or just not receiving it. And, uh, you know, like, 
I happen to always end up on the receiving end, and uh, I am pretty quick, and uh, like I understand, <laughs> I understand, you know, I understand, and I understand that uh, probably it's not it's not my thing, you know. So. Great, Sergey. Thank you so much uh, uh, for for the time, and uh, we look forward to meeting you in person in November. All right, likewise, guys. Thank you for having me, and uh, yeah, like it's been great pleasure, and I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Sergey. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,